There's a covenant sweet. It was written for me. It's a promise that I could be healed from all my sin and my shame. Even heartache and pain, it was signed and confirmed on a hill. So I rest my case at the cross, for now I have someone to champion my cause. I've been justified, satisfied, oh, I have it all. So I rest my case at the cross. Don't feel sorry for me when you see I'm in need. There's a judge who grants mercy and love. All my burdens he lifts, all my sin he forgives. Every trial is won through the blood. So I rest my case at the cross. For now I have someone to champion my cause. I've been justified, satisfied, oh, I have it all. So I rest my case at the cross. I've been justified, satisfied, oh, I have it all. So I rest my case at the cross. Are you thankful for the cross? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Love that song. Good song indeed. Go to John. John chapter 21. John 21, the very last chapter there in that book. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. Uh, I don't want to sound prideful in any way, shape, or form, but the words that preacher said a moment ago was my prayer right before the service began, um, virtually word for word, uh, myself included, not just for the listener, but for the one that is presenting uh, the message this evening. And I was encouraged by the thought that I was given as I read this particular scripture. And uh, you will be very familiar with it. Um, some great questions are given here by Jesus Christ to one in particular, uh, Peter. And uh, Peter is an interesting character in the Bible, one that I enjoy reading about. So many, I could say that every time I get up here, I feel that I say that, and I probably do, about a specific character that I'm talking about. Tonight, I will focus in on this one, Peter. And uh, when you think of Peter, you don't have to shout it out just now, but when you think of him, in Scripture, is there any one story that comes to mind? You think about uh, Peter, is there any in particular? Maybe you have a favorite story, maybe something that 
uh, just jumps out at you. You enjoy reading that one, that one specific situation he found himself in. He was a fireball, Peter was. We're talking about uh, as needed, as he felt needed to chop the ear off of that one taking Jesus. How many in the room would do that? I'm sure there's a few, Mr. Jurgen. There, uh, <laughs> chop the ear off, whatever you got to do. I mean, there, he was a fireball. I'm talking about opportunities for Peter as he watched Jesus perform miracle after miracle. What about the feeding of the 5,000? Can you imagine being there in that moment? All those people have gathered together. The disciples are looking around thinking, what are we going to do? And Jesus says, this will be fine right here, this little basket. This young man has given us, this will do the trick. Huh? <laughs> to see that performed, that mighty miracle. What about ones who are blind? Maybe those ones possessed with evil spirits. Peter saw it all. What about? What about Pentecost? You think about Pentecost, when I think of Peter, you think of Pentecost, that powerful message that was given. Over 3,000 souls saved. Whew, wouldn't that be awesome? Can you imagine? Is that possible today? Is God able to do something like that here at Community Baptist Temple, here in Akron, Ohio? Can Jesus perform mighty miracles like that, like he did once before? Absolutely. Peter was used of God in a mighty way. He was able to watch God Help God while here on earth, manifested in the flesh. Man, here we have an interesting chapter in the life of Peter. He finds himself in an awkward situation. That fireball that's chopping the ear off. He's always got something to say. Right now, Peter is struggling. Peter is hurting within. Just recently, Jesus Christ had been killed, crucified. He died, was buried, and rose again. The chapter before this um, highlighted one of the most famous doubters in the history of the world. Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas. Many of the disciples weren't so sure, however. But doubting Thomas, he's got that attached to his name. But Peter had some doubts also. But his inward struggle this evening, we'll find in Scripture, was not, at least as far as I can tell, his doubt in Jesus himself. Doubt in the resurrection of his Lord and Savior. The doubt that Peter faced, was forced to deal with, came from within. Doubt in himself. How would he respond ever, ever again after what he had done? Remember, one of the situations I failed to highlight a moment ago when talking about Peter, one thing that he is remembered for, remember when Jesus told him before that cock crows, you will have denied me thrice. And that's hanging over Peter's head in this moment, in this chapter. There it is. So much so that Peter has kind of, if we go back into the beginning of the chapter, we may do so. He has gone back into some, some of his old ways. Not doing anything sinful that I can see, per se. But he's kind of reverted back to an old lifestyle. There fishing, spending nights at sea, finding nothing. And 
He's just struggling. And we see these verses here. I'm going to read these and then I'll pray and we'll really jump into things here. Starting in verse number 15, let's start right there. We'll read just a couple of verses to kick things off this evening. John chapter 21 verse 15. Again, just as preacher said a moment ago, I ask myself again right here, right now, why am I here? As I drove in this evening... I, dr- I drove past a golf course, and the golf course was packed. Beautiful evening, right? It was packed. I drove by multiple packs of bikers. You know how they, they do that thing there? When, when the bike's driving by and two motorcycles pass each other, they, they go like that. They have that cool little thing that they do. I want to do that someday. <laughs> I did it once from the car, and I didn't get any response. Just a weird look. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, they're out on their bikes. What a beautiful evening. Oh, man. They're, oh, dr- driving by yards. Everyone's, everyone's fixing up, cleaning their yard. Beautiful evening for it. You're really missing out. Tomorrow it'll probably be snowing. <laughs> but here we are, Community Baptist Temple, and we're here for church. I'm here for church. I'm here to hear from heaven. The Bible says in verse number 15, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Tonight, I want to do my very best to be as pointed as possible. I don't want to overcomplicate this because... I was given a specific thought. Lord nailed me with something here, and it was this one word. I'm going to show you, and I don't want to get too far off topic here. There is one word, and it's mentioned again a couple of times later, and we'll get to that to close the message down. But it's this word that sits right in the middle of the question that is asked three times. Lovest thou me? What's the big deal? It's nothing special. You know why that hit me? Because I inserted my name right there. Can you imagine Jesus standing before you today? Again, trying to do our very best to eliminate all distractions. Maybe you're at home right now in the living room. You're sitting amongst us here in this auditorium. And Jesus Christ walks up to you personally and says... Lovest thou me? 
What would my response be? What would I say? Lovest thou me? I, I have grown up in a wonderful church. Oh, as I've talked before, many people, many examples that I can look up to. I have grown up in a wonderful home and family. I love my parents. I love my parents. And I believe with all of my heart, based on their words and their actions, they very much so love me. I have experienced love from a mom and a dad, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles. I have experienced love. And I understand that there are certain people that did not have the childhood that I had. And I am grateful for what God has given me and, and, and what I have experienced up until this point in my life. God has been so very good to me. That word love is thrown around so casually today. We, we fail to grasp or truly understand its significance and its importance, its power. Love. Lovest thou me. So simple. Those love letters written back and forth between two young people. Throwing the word around. Husband and wife. Love you, dear. Just throw it around there and you hear it so often. And... We can become personally casual with the word itself. Truly not grasping or understanding its significance. As I said, its importance. Do we love Jesus? For God so loved the world. Oh, did God prove his love for us all those years ago. When he gave his only begotten son to die on a cross for a sinner like me and you. And I am thankful for that love that Jesus Christ demonstrated. And here he asked, he asked Peter, lovest thou me? You see, as I mentioned a moment ago, Peter is struggling. Go with me to John chapter 13. We're going to read the end of that chapter. John chapter 13. Let's take a look at it really quick before I move on. John chapter 13, and I'm going to read the final Three verses, 36, 37, and 38. Starting there in verse number 36, chapter 13, John, the Bible says, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Was Jesus right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Just as Jesus said it would happen. Can you imagine having those words of Jesus Christ the actual personal words of Jesus Christ there in your ears. In that moment, amidst all the circumstances, Jesus being crucified and knowing you denied him. Jesus taking step after step with Jesus as he was here with, for and through his earthly ministry. Knowing I denied him. I turned my back on my God, my Savior and my Lord. It was eating Peter up. Wouldn't it eat you up? It would eat me up. 
knowing that's what I had done. Peter's struggling. He's hurting. And we see verse number 2 of chapter 21. Going back to our original text, there near the beginning of the chapter, chapter 21 and verse number 2. What does Peter do? Where does he go? How does he respond? There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, I love this. Children, have ye any meat? They answered, no. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, writer of this book, said unto Peter, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fish's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. He said, oh no, there's Jesus. Ah, he dives into the sea, tries to put a coat on really quick. <laughs> if I'm John, I would have just told him, don't worry, buddy. The Lord looks on the heart. You're fine. You get what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying there? Don't worry about it. Don't you love how people use that verse for dress? What about America? I was thinking about it. As I read this verse, this is what popped into my mind. We went to the Philippines a few months ago. Actually, I think it was longer than that now. We just jumped into this, this portal here, Twilight Zone. I don't know how long, time, where were we at? I don't know. But it, was just a, it wasn't too awfully long ago when we were in the Philippines. We were out of the country. And something strange happened. We understand. You'll hear it from the pulpit. We talk about it amongst ourselves. We understand the spiritual climate of America today. We do. We know where we're at. We pray for our government officials. We, we pray for them. We pray for our pastors. We pray for our churches because America needs God today. But it was never more evident than the day we stepped back onto solid ground here in the great U.S. of A. It was very interesting. Immediately, I talked with the guys about it for a little while. It was just noticeable, the spirit. And it's not that everyone was completely modest everywhere we went in the world, but immediately you noticed there was a change. There was a difference here in the States. And I believe through Scripture, I believe through multiple accounts, yes, we point to 1 Samuel 16, 7, we know that the Lord looks on the heart. But the closer one gets to Jesus, it seems they are putting their clothes on. As you read scripture, you go through, and there's a number of examples. All the way back to Adam and Eve, what happened? They're hiding themselves in the presence of God. We were afraid, we were scared because we were naked. What about the children of Israel? Exodus chapter 32. Dancing about, worshiping an, uh, an idol. As Moses is on the mount receiving the very words of God, they're dancing, worshiping, 
going crazy, losing their mind, tearing their clothes off. And what does, what does Moses find when he comes down? There they are, naked, specifically, naked. The farther our country gets from God, the farther your home, our families get from God, the necessity for attire begins to change. What about, what about that wild maniac of Gadara? What state did Jesus and the disciples find him? Yes, he was naked. I love this story. There's a story in Acts chapter 19. There was a man filled with an evil spirit, a demon, if you will, and he attacks these seven men. He tears them to pieces. They get into a brawl, a fight. And what does that evil spirit do? Rips their clothes off. They run out afraid, hurt, and naked. What does that say about our country today and our location with an almighty, pure, and holy, and righteous God? What does that say about our churches today? You go in the average, not here at Community Baptist Temple, no, but you go to the average church across America, and that person out there and that person right there is going to have to be very careful because the people they have sitting on their standing on their stages are not dressed appropriately. What does that say about their spiritual status? Where are they standing? In location to an almighty and all-powerful, holy, righteous God. What does Peter do? Oh, there's Jesus. Ugh. Why? God looks at the heart. What are you worried about? Peter's heart was hurting. He was struggling. He had questions. He had doubts. And perhaps there are some this evening who are struggling right now. You don't know where you stand in light of an almighty God. So when Jesus asked this evening, and he is by way of this book, the Bible, he says, your name, lovest thou me. What is our response? Community Baptist Temple, lovest thou me. We see, number one, the question. Before I get into the meat of this, let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you. I want to please you with all of my heart. And I pray that you bless us here tonight as we gather. As we gather around your word, Lord, that you would help this book, this Bible, to, to cut deep into our hearts and into our lives. Father, that we would be hearers and we would be doers. Lord, that we would be obedient to exactly what you have for us today, this evening. In Jesus' name I, name I pray, amen. The question, and I've already asked you, Jesus has already asked us, lovest thou me? But that first question, the first time we see it there in verse number 15, he goes a little bit farther, and you already read it, you saw it. Lovest thou me more than these? What's he talking about? What does Peter have to evaluate? Around him, here they are on the shore, taking a little walk, Jesus and Peter. Taking a little walk, just talking. 
He says, lovest thou me more than these? And I want you to think right now, and I've already done this in my mind, what are the most important, what are the most precious elements and areas of your life this evening? If you could rank them, if you had to, because it would be difficult, right? If you could rank them from top to bottom, first to last, just right on down the line, what would you put at number one? What would you put at number two? Oh, there's so many things in our life that are important to us, and rightfully so. I can think of family and friends. I think of my, uh, my wife and my daughter, and they're, they're out of town right now. Whew, I miss them. Oh, it's just not the same. Sarah will show me on the FaceTime. I got Macy. Go, hey, Macy, how you doing? And then it freezes, and you're like, oh, you can't see her. And then she's out there running around playing. She goes, dad, 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 dad. I go, oh, I miss her so much. Talk about that list. Lovest thou me more than these? What goes before me, Peter, in your life? What's more important than me? You say you love me. What about your fishing? You love to fish. You're good at it. You do it for a living. Well, you've got, you've got brethren here. Actual brother, you've got brothers in Christ. You've got the, the other disciples. You love these more than me? Oh, man, maybe. Oh, we've got to be very, very honest with ourselves. Very, very honest. And I want you, I want you, every single one of us, myself included tonight, to, complete, to be completely honest and evaluate, where is my love for this one, Jesus? Just days prior had proved his love in such a, such a miraculous and powerful way. Lovest thou me more than these, Peter? What would we say? The question, I want to look at number two, the confirmation. Then I come to the end of each one of those verses that I just read, 15, 16, and 17, where he says, feed my lambs, Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And you know what this says to me? That guy, Peter, he's struggling, right? He's hurting inside. He's doubting himself. Do I love my Lord? Will I give my all? Will I deny him again? You know what he says? I'm sure in his mind, I know what I would be saying. Oh, I've already blown it. I am unworthy. And while that is true, I am thankful that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. My God is so good. My God loves me. And he will forgive me just as he forgave this one, Peter. Peter says, I'm unworthy. I'll never be able to serve him again. I remember all the good times that we had. Me, the disciples, and Jesus. And I blew it. I threw it all away when I denied my Savior and Lord. And what does Jesus say? Feed my sheep. I need you, Peter. And there are some sitting in this room tonight who are sitting by because you say, I am unworthy. I have blown my chances and my opportunities to serve God. And he's saying, feed my sheep. I need you today. You must stand up. I want you to serve me with all of your heart, with your entire lives. 
That's what he wants from us tonight. And what is holding us back? What is keeping us from what God has for us this evening? What is going to keep you, Peter, from doing what God wants you to do? Because what I love, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but for me, this book, exactly what just happened there, I didn't have to do it. Lord did it for me. Just a turn of the page. That one turn of the page takes me to Acts chapter 2. That one turn of the page takes me to Acts chapter 2 where Peter is preaching that message and thousands are repenting. Thousands are coming to Jesus Christ for salvation. Thousands are baptized. What if Peter would have said, no, I'm done, I've blown it, I've, I can't. I, just, I guess I'll have to go back to fishing. He did not quit. He did not give up. Yes, he had failed. Yes, he made some mistakes. Yes, he was unworthy, as I and you are unworthy. But Jesus will use us. Isn't it amazing that Jesus will use Community Baptist Temple right here in Akron, Ohio? Will will we be willing to be used? That's my choice. That is your decision. Peter had to make the same. The confirmation. And the question the confirmation. And then finally, in conclusion this evening, the command. I pull that from these two verses here. Verse, I'll start in verse number 19. Verse number 19, it says, This spake he. I'm back up to verse 18. Let's do that. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Okay. Just got done talking about his death, and he says, Follow me. Verse number 20, then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? What about John, he's asking. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow, there it is again, thou me. Got that word again highlighted in my Bible. He says, what, 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 about, what about John? What about John? What is that to you, Peter? What are you worried about? I'm not worried about John right now, Peter. Follow thou me. And you know what we do? Unfortunately, And I have to raise my hand. Oh, there is strength in numbers. And I totally understand that. And I agree. And we've talked about that even in our soul winning efforts at times. And we'll go in groups down the street. And there is strength in numbers. And I love that. It's powerful. It's exciting. But you know what we do? God has a command. He has a calling. He has something specific for each and every single one of us. And what do we find ourselves doing I want to follow Jesus, but is anyone else coming with me? You you think you could, 
I want to have an all-night prayer meeting, but, you know, it would be nice if I could just get all these guys. God lays it on your heart for an all-night prayer meeting. If you're not willing to do it by yourself, you should be willing to do it at all. I'm just looking for some. What about John? What about John? No, 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 no. Don't you worry about John right now, Peter. I'm talking to you. Follow thou me. Follow thou me. That is specific. That is pointed. You and God. In conclusion, in conclusion, Peter's struggling, but Jesus Christ is trying to help him. He's trying to help him out. Lovest thou me? Hey, there's still a place on my team for you. Come on, hop on board. Let's go. Are you ready to follow me? And he's asking Community Baptist Temple this evening, are you willing to follow me? He's asking you this evening, husband, wife, teenager, child. He says, follow thou me. No matter what the world says, whether there is a pat on the back or not, follow thou me. It's just me and you, God, and that's enough. Is that enough for us? Fellowship is sweet. Fellowship is wonderful here at Community Baptist Temple. And I couldn't stand not having services where we gathered together because the fellowship is amazing. I love seeing everyone here gather in the excitement. It's fun. It's wonderful to get to serve together. But if I had to do it by myself, would I? If I'm hesitant to answer that question, then I need to reevaluate the answer to the previous question that was given at the beginning of the message. Lovest thou me? Community Baptist Temple, do we love our Savior and Lord? Church, do we love our God? We love him because he first loved us. God loves us so much and he proves his love on a daily basis. Let us not get buried or lost in this idea that we evaluate our circumstances and then can determine the love that God has for us. No, because in the most difficult of times, in the lowest of valleys, that's when I have experienced the love of Jesus Christ the most. We feel that we must be, we have to be on the mountaintops to enjoy Jesus Christ. But he is sweeter, more sweeter than ever in that valley. That's a fact. And I can say that because I read it in scripture and because I have been there. And so many others in this auditorium have been there. And you know that God is there. Even in the valley, God is there. Lovest thou me. Father, we come to you. Lord, you are so good to us. And I want to be grateful for everything that you have done for me. And so often, Lord, I am not. Lord, I pray that 
myself first as an individual and we as a church family would come together. For you are calling for laborers tonight. The harvest is plenteous. Labors are few. Oh Lord, that we would prove to you, demonstrate to you our love and our actions. Where we go, what we say, what we do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything that you do for us. For how good and great you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's all stand. Music begins to play. Perhaps God has spoken to you about something specific this evening. God says, come to the altar. It's time to come to the altar.